You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders, welcome to the new year. So it depends on how you're listening to these episodes or watching these episodes. We recognize some of you don't listen to these or watch these in order, but for us, it is the second day of January in 2024. So our team just got done with some time off. I think most of us took, I think all of us took some time off away from the office. We did some holiday stuff. We probably ate a lot of things. We probably did some of those projects back home. We've got plans for the new year, all the things. And that's what we wanted to talk about is our plans for next year to think about all of that. So we're going to do a little bit of a different spin on this because you've got our whole team with us today, which is a little bit unusual. You've got a lot of us here today. Oh, we're missing. No, offen- no offense, Bethany. No, no, no offense, Bethany. No offense, Bethany. Or Rianne. But all the important people are here. That's what I'm trying to say. All the important people are here. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about when you enter into a new year, like what do you do in terms of planning? And we're going to put a little bit of a surprise spin on that. If you followed us before, and there's some past episodes where we do this, we go through what we call a people-centric success plan. And we'll put a link, we'll drop a link here into this episode so that you can download that. For those of you who really want to sit down and go through a process of setting goals for yourself, making sure that you know what you're going to be doing next. But as we share what our goals are for this year, I think you're going to hear a little bit of balance to this. We're going to try to bring some balance to this topic of this idea that maybe you don't want to be hardcore about setting goals for yourself for this year. Maybe you just kind of want to wing it. Maybe you want to wing it. Maybe you want to take some pressure off of yourself. So it's going to be a fun episode today. We're going to we're excited to jump in. Uh, we've got our very own Matt Griswold with us, who's fresh off the road here. Right? Heyo. Happy hey, New Year, everybody. Or Matt, what, you what, might be listening to this. Matt, what did you accomplish during your uh, your time off here? Many, many things. Uh, one, you know, I, I got I recently got into plumbing. I don't know if that's a hobby that people just like, I'm going to try my hand at that. Uh, but I did. I replaced two toilets and a leaky faucet. And I just pulled an entire vanity out and replaced a vanity, which might not sound like much to some of the people listening. But if you understand, I've never been one to take money away from the professionals in my past. In my past, like they're professionals who might have take food off of their table. Let them do it. They have the training. But uh, you can learn anything on YouTube. And right now I'm looking out on the curb for the trash man to come pick up the old vanity because that's where it is. Um, I'm just I'm waiting for that. We have a new thing. And I bought a record player, bought a record player over the Christmas break. And now I'm collecting old records from my folks from the forties. And I'll just, I think I said it already, but I'm going to say it again. There is a, there is a, the reason why I bought a record player is because I found a record. My dad gave me of his parents' wedding from August the 8th, 1948 on the heels of world war two. And I'm in the room listening to my grandparents get married and saying their I do's. And it was spectacular. And so now I'm all into vinyl. I'm all into vinyl, taking recommendations. Although records are expensive. I tried to buy the Beastie Boys <laughs> license to Ill yesterday, 30 bucks. And I was like, oh, I need to plan ahead for that. I don't know. It seemed higher than what I thought it was going to be. But it's also a great record. I want to point out that you made fun of me for my record player. I don't remember that. 
Okay. Anyway. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't remember I don't remember that at all. But uh it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm on board uh, with plumbing and vinyl. That's the I, change I, in my life. I feel like we time. could do like three episodes on just what you said. One is just to point out that I'm sure all of our plumber friends who listened all said at the same time said that's not plumbing. What you just described is not plumbing. That's just connecting there stuff. There were pipes involved. I had to make several trips to the plumber store where the professionals go and uh to get more stuff and advice. Um, but yeah, there were pipes involved, water's involved. What's yeah. not plumbing about that? Yeah. Also, you're old enough to know that if you're collecting vinyl records, that Beastie Boys License to Ill is an interesting place to start. That was more in the tape era than it was in the record era, just to throw that out there. If you're I know, but I mean, shoot, uh, Diana knows this. Diana just went to see Adele. Adele's got like a double record at Walmart right now for 50 bucks or something like that. I'm just curious if the quality... Whenever I play a, a more modern record is going to be different than those 40s gospel country records that I inherited from my grant. You know what I mean? I just want to know the difference and see what the see what it is there. So I'm going to jump in. I also would be remiss if I didn't say this. My oldest son uh, graduated from infantry uh, school now, and he is about to start jumping out of planes and going to going to airborne, um, trying to be a green beret, that guy. And so I'm super proud of him. And that also happened, uh, fairly recently in our lives. He is headed, he is probably almost, he and his wife are probably almost to uh, report here in a couple of days. They're probably almost there now. So anyway, shout, big out, life shout, out, shout out to everyone who serves their country and also to the families who are back home as those folks go off to serve. Uh, appreciate oh, all that. It's not hoorah. It's what, what is the, what do the Rangers say, Matt, you know? Uh, I don't know. He's not going to be a ranger. He's going to be a green beret. Now he just uh, accomplished uh, infantry, so he got the blue cord. Got the blue cord. It's, the ceremony was was uh, awesome. Um, I don't know. And if you ever go to down down there to to Georgia, where that is, they have a na national infantry museum, and it's like the Smithsonian. If you're into that kind of stuff, they have exhibits and awesomeness, and it's just really really cool. So I would give a plug for that. Love it. Love it. Sounds like a very restful holiday there. So let's go on to Stephanie. Stephanie, did you pick up any new skills over the holidays, like plumbing or anything like that? You know, I was already really good at plumbing, so I didn't need to go down that route. Get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you get it. Um, but I uh, I accomplished not a lot over break, which was kind of the goal. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I did um, a 1,500-piece puzzle, and I finished it and was missing three pieces which either my dog or my Roomba vacuum ate. So I didn't get to actually finish it. So that was um, devastating. I read uh, two books over the holiday. So that was great. Um, yeah, I made pasta. I ate a lot. It was a great time. So if you do, you know, this is kind of fits in the topic here a little bit. So you're set down to do a 1500 piece puzzle. Right. How long does a 1500 piece puzzle take? Um, days. Like yeah. I, I spread it out across like a week of doing this puzzle where, cause you know, there's only so long you can puzzle at a time, but I turned on, um, the friends, all the friends episodes. So I made it through like five seasons of friends while doing this puzzle. So however long that many seasons of friends is. So <laughs> I like how you measure time in episodes of Friends. I'm sure a lot of folks over the holidays can understand how you measure time by whatever episode of whatever you chose to binge watch over the last week, right, is whatever episode it's on. But it's interesting, like when you talk about planning, I think there's something like ceremonial about what you just said about like you got this 1500 piece puzzle 
You successfully put 1,497 pieces into the right spots. You can clearly see what the picture is. I'm sure those three missing pictures, like, I have no idea what it is. I don't know what it, what, what the picture, what, what was the, what was the picture? Um, it was of Montmartre in France. So it's that little neighborhood in France and it's like a consula restaurant. If anyone um, knows what I'm talking about there, all my Francophiles, woo woo. Uh, Diana's nodding her head for the record. I'm not the only weirdo out here. Yeah. Um, I got but it. Amelie, that movie, if anyone's seen that, it's like that scene. Um, and what kills me is um, not only am I missing those pieces, they are all like from the same section. It's like three in a row that I'm missing. That's like the worst. Hmm. That's the worst, right? you know? Right. So, so did, I did do it's got to be some sort of a bad omen. That for your is, life. I don't want to read too much into it. Way, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. You know, that's what I was like hoping walking under a ladder. New Year with is like a curse. After the last three years and living through a global pandemic, I really needed that. Thanks, Matt. Uh, that was 0.2% of your puzzle yet to be completed. So I do want to congratulate you officially for the 99.8% of the puzzle you did accomplish. That is still success. See, I, you you say that and it makes me think no because I am an achiever oriented person and I want to win. I'm an Enneagram three. And the point, the fact that you just like quantified my failure is really rude. You know, really a marathon rude. is 26.2 miles. If you stop at 26 miles, you did not win the race, nor did you complete the race. <laughs> you get no ribbon for that. Well, no one gave me a prize for my puzzle. That's that's for sure. I have yet to be congratulated for finishing this puzzle. Congratulations for almost finishing the puzzle. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's very relevant example to what we're talking about today, because as we set goals for the year, you're going to look at it and say, Dude, you know, there's two possibilities. You're going to hit the goals that you set or you're not going to hit the goals that you set. So it's really tempting at that moment to say, okay, so you're either going to be successful or you're not going to be successful. And I wonder if you're 99.8% on the way there. No, you didn't finish the marathon. Maybe you don't get the ribbon. Maybe you don't get the complete puzzle. Was there joy in the puzzle or did you feel like it was a complete waste of time at the end? I mean, there's definitely joy in the puzzle. Like how can there not be joy in the puzzle where you're eating snacks, you got friends reruns on, your Christmas tree is glowing. Um, you know, there was a ton, a ton of joy in doing the puzzle. And so, yeah, to be real, like, I mean, I don't like what Philip said still, sorry, Philip, because I don't like to think about the idea of failing, but there was so much success there, right? Of like, this is actually a very difficult puzzle. It took me like a full week to put together. So, you know, as proud as you can feel of yourself for finishing a puzzle is how I feel, even though I'm missing three pieces, it was still like a great joy, a great work, um, you know, a good time, a good time had. I don't regret doing the puzzle at all. Yeah. And there's a temptation, there could be a temptation if you did puzzles like that and you said, well, I didn't finish that one, but I don't want to not finish one that you could start doing 100 piece puzzles or something like that elementary school kids do or something. Right. And then you say, well, I've always been able to complete these puzzles, but they're not really very challenging and that very interesting, but I always win. So there's something about like when you set your goal, like if you set a goal and I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing that if you're setting yourself objectives for this year, goals for yourself, do you set objectives that you know you're going to hit or do you try to stretch yourselves? Um, we do a lot of strategic planning with organizations and that, that discussion came up a lot in strategic plans in fourth quarter of, 
do we set things that we know we're going to hit or do we try to push? Is there a difference between we know we're going to accomplish these? These are the thou shalts. You know, for in the traction world, it's the rocks that we're going to set. These are the thou shalts. They're immovable. We have to do those versus like stretch goals. Like, hey, could we maybe achieve this? Let's do a 3000 piece puzzle next time and let's see what happens, knowing that we might be missing some pieces at the end of the day. Uh, there's a risk to all of that. So we'll, it's, it's good. Good example. We'll dive into that. Uh, we've got Philip with us here. Philip, uh, did you finish your last 0.2% of your holiday? Uh, and, and what did you, what did you accomplish here in the last couple of weeks? You know, my whole life, I have been waiting to arrive just like in every part of life, right? I have not arrived, darn it. And I think this year I was just thinking, uh, but we've also done lots of cool things. Yeah. But to your point, I was like, I feel like there's always at least 0.2 more percent of, of like to dive into. Uh, no, we had a restful time. We deep cleaned the house. We caught up with a bunch of old friends that were in town. Um, a friend of ours who's from Iran joined us for Christmas for the first time. So we drove around and looked at Christmas lights together in Roundtree, you know, the most iconic neighborhood in spring. It was just so beautiful, so much fun. Um, so super rested. And it's funny, as we were all talking about resolutions and goals and things. Uh, for me, at least the Herzog home this year, we were like, I think this is the year for us. We want to do some, it's like the opposite of quiet quitting, some quiet starting. That's that's our word maybe for next year. Like we have some things we want to do that are cool, um, but we also want to just like do it in a in a nice way. Like we, we don't have to add all the pressure because uh, I think we can start the year out like, I am going to get the gym membership. That's one thing I am going to do. It's close to my house. I wanted to do it before New Year. So it wasn't technically like a New Year's resolution. I didn't buy the pass yet because they wanted my bank account information. I'm not going to give that to them online. All, all that stuff. Yada, yada. So I'm going to go in person with my credit card uh, after the New Year. So I missed that goal already. So maybe maybe I should have just started with a puzzle because I'm already more than 0.2% behind. <laughs> That's that was funny. a lot of words to say. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> That's <fine. laughs> I like that you're doing the gym membership because I think a lot of folks do. I don't know if I've heard a lot of people do a gym membership this time of year. Uh, back in the days when I used to work out regularly, uh, I've fallen off of that wagon pretty hard and decided not to pick it up because this is a terrible time of year to pick it back up because everybody does that. And it's really crowded at the gym. Uh, it's the only time where I become a demotivational speaker when I'm at the gym because I'll be working next out next to the person next to me and I'll be like, so you're doing this as a New Year's resolution? I wonder how long this is going to last. And really, the only reason I'm doing that is because I don't want to have to wait for the next treadmill. I want to be able to have the equipment ready for me to be able to work on that. So I just have to confess to everybody that I'm a, kind of a horrible person when it comes to all that stuff. But sounds like you got a lot accomplished, Philip. Good job. Yeah. So Philip, you're going to love your gym membership. We're really happy for you. Yeah. yeah. As, as long yeah. as I don't go to that gym, I'm encouraging you to keep just, doing it. Yeah, don't job. tell, don't tell Don which gym it is. Just keep it. <laughs> just yeah, don't I'm go to the one I go to. I'm going to have to be there by my goal is 6 a.m. That's the thing to beat those yuppies that are like me also who are going to get there at 6.15 a.m. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Also, A plus for using the word yuppie on the second day of the year. That's, I don't know how many other times you'll get to use that word. Very good. All right. So Diana, Diana is with us here. Diana, you told a good story. I know like we talk about goals and I've asked everybody else, like, what have you accomplished throughout the course of the year? And I also know that you're a processor. So I went last for you. And so you know what the question is coming, but I'm also going to switch gears completely on you and right. talk a little bit about like, you're kind of a goal setter, goal achiever kind of person, right? And has yeah. that gotten you into trouble in the past Okay, well, yeah, yes, obviously you're asking the question. The answer is yes. Uh, myself and my husband are like 
huge goal setters. And I'm telling you, if we speak it, we accomplish it. There's no like middle ground for us. There is no losing by 0.2%. We literally ran the marathon all the way through. We finished it, got the medals. Like we're, we're, we're the people that everyone hates because we are doing that stuff. We do it. Um, when we say we're going to go to the gym three times a week, we go three times a week, whether we're sick, whether we're dying, whether somebody else died, like we make it happen. Um, so we are, we are the achievers this year. We well, actually every year we take some time and we like reflect back on the year before and what goals we accomplished all of them. And then we do a financial plan. So we know how much money we have to accomplish the next set of goals. We do capital planning. So we know for the big purchases and then we have nine different categories in which we build plans for and build goals for. And we did do that this year. We do that every year. But what Don is talking about is the first year that we did our like people centric planning thing. Um, and I walked through it. I made all these big goals and it was like, they were big goals. I was like, I'm going to get my MBA. It wasn't like build a puzzle. Um, <laughs> just poking at Stephanie. And wow. Right now. Wow. Okay. Um, I love you, Stephanie. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You better. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was like, I'm going to do leadership Springfield and I'm going to get a, get my master's. And, you know, I, I made all these big goals and I did them and I was exhausted. And so the next year, I think I was like, just really little easy goals because I just did too much. And so I do, I'm the person that has to like check myself and make sure that I'm not over goaling it because it is exhausting and you don't want to feel like that failure. And maybe you need to learn to when to give yourself some grace and be like, that's a great goal, but maybe next year let's spread this stuff out. So yeah, I'm a, I have learned the hard way that goals can be great and also really terrible. Goals can be crushing, right? So yeah. that's what our message is for all of you listening is don't set goals. Goals are dumb. Just yeah. You can just, crush goals or they can crush you, you know, just live your life. Just do the, do your things. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the, one of the, uh, approaches that we've even taken, and I'll tell you what, we did a mastermind, I think where we even did this in addition to the success plan where we talked about what roles do you play in your life? And I remember doing this and we had everybody list all of the roles that you play in your life. So if you sit there and you think about it, you're like, okay, well, I'm an employee. And so you could probably list 10 roles within just that of the company and the team that you work with. And then you could probably list all the personal roles. I'm a, I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm an uncle. I'm a, and you start listing all those things. And then you go, I'm a neighbor and I'm a customer. And I'm, a, and you start like, we would have people like list all of those roles and then say, what are you doing well in those roles? And what could you be doing better? And I remember having this sheet of paper and having to like turn the page on it because I was listening, listing all of these different roles I had and all these things I do really well. And I'm like, man, I should call my mom more. I should talk to my brother more. I should be a better friend. We should go out and do this more. I should be doing this more. And pretty soon you start listing all of this stuff. And as Diana said, all that stuff can become really crushing. And one of the things that I think has been a theme since the pandemic, and I think it has spun off from the pandemic, and some of it's built awareness around and all that is around this idea of mental health and just taking care of ourselves. And is there a dark side to goal setting? Is there something where we set goals too heavily and we become too obsessed with them and we just forget to just live and be who we are? Is that a problem? Everybody nodded because you just I mean, don't know how yeah, podcast works. Everybody. Like 
Yeah. And I think we've all heard how toxic that can be and how, you know, when people are always saying you have to accomplish your goals and go after your goals and get an accountability buddy and don't fail and bring your best self to work every single day. And those types of things, sometimes you have to stop and be like, what if, what am I, what am I doing it for? And is this still what I want? And what other things am I letting go of to accomplish these things? And it's all a balance. And I think the pandemic helped everyone kind of reshift that brain a little bit. I know it did for me and just sort of say, you know what, the most important things in life are the things that are happening in front of me. And I need to be in the moment and present and share kindness and love and make sure those are the forefront and not these like world domination goals, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, it, and it's funny because I, guys, I was in that boat pre-pandemic. I don't know what you guys are doing, but that's what I, I, I want to, I, I want to live in the moment and make some memories for crying out loud. That's what I want to do. Um, you know, it, it strikes me. There's a couple of different videos and there is one that was pre-pandemic and you guys might've seen this because the kid went viral. He won valid, valid, valedictorian for his high school class. Did you see that? And he gave a speech in front of all these people. You can find it on YouTube and he's being congratulated for valedictorian. And he was like, and I worked hard and I sacrificed. And he basically says, and if I could do it all over again, I would not be your valedictorian because I missed out on all of these other cool things with my friends that I could have been doing. And I think, dang, that kid's that kid's got a golden key to life right there already. And he's this high school, uh, this high school kid. I watched a video last night while I was watching the college football playoff. And it was kind of a sad, solemn commercial because it was a voiceover of like a lake and like the woods. And, and it was like a lady at work. Uh, recently passed away and her desk sits empty along with a mountain of PTO that she had that she never was able to use and a 401k that she was scrimping and, and, and saving for that she'll never get a cent of. And it basically was talking about all of these things and I, and it caught my attention and I started watching it and it was, you know, sometimes, and this is just me, cause I know there's other people that are listening that probably are like me, uh, right. And maybe just a few of them. I get it, Diana, but, uh, there's people like me as well that are going, I, I, sometimes you miss the forest for the trees. Because you you don't see what it is that's in front of you. You don't, you uh, golly, is that really that big of a deal? Is that really that important? What what else could I be doing with that time? I'll be transparent with you. One of the things that's heaviest on my mind is trying to figure out how many times I can get to my son as he's stationed there before he has to get deployed. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want, I'm going to go speak and I'm going to go sell stuff and yeah, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to do that. And you know what? I'm good at that too. But I'm looking for those other moments where I get to experience life and my family uh, throughout the year instead of, instead of that, just honest. So I don't know yeah. if we have to have a meeting now later about that, but that's the first time you, you guys heard that. Well, anyway. yeah, Matt's job is not important to him guys. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Matt, I, I agree with everything that, that you just said. And I think a piece that I would add to that maybe from, um, you know, I really struggle with people pleasing tendencies have my whole life. And so I think a lot of people are there too. And one great thing that my therapist does for me is when I start um, shooting myself, I should do this, I should do that. Or I say, well, I want to do this. The most powerful question she'll ask me is why? Like, why would you do that? And I need you to like, actually like lay it out for me. And I think a lot of times we get really caught up in setting goals 
to um, feel and look impressive. Um, that we've got to set these big goals. We've got to prove that we're doing something here, right? And even to the point of the video, I, I saw that same video, Matt, where it was like, yeah, the woman um, died and all this was left behind and they filled her job within a week. And I think a lot of times we spend a lot of mental and emotional and sometimes even physical energy trying to set these goals, thinking that it's really going to move us forward. And I'm doing air quotes for that, like move us forward. We're going to quote unquote arrive. Um, it will impress other people. And if you can let go of some of that and saying like, okay, like if this is, and this is the place that I'm in this year, because I've struggled with this in the past of trying to set all these big, amazing goals. And then I find that I'm really only doing it so I can tell other people about it, or I can post about it and seem impressive. They're like, oh, look at all these things that I did, but really like it's a self-betrayal at the end of the day, because I'm not doing the things that really mean the most to me or matter to me. And so I think it's like setting goals. You know, if you're going to do that, challenge yourself, like, why would this be my goal? And like, why would I do this? And who do I care sees that I did this thing or didn't do that thing and really challenging yourselves in that way? Um, I was joking with our team before we jumped on this, that my two words for the year are learn and nope you know, and those seem um, conflicting in some ways. But for me, it's like the nope is like, I'm going to like stop saying yes to things that I don't really want to do because I feel like, oh, well, they they need me, quote unquote, or they need help with this and I could help them. And, you know, I'm the only one who could do this or I've got to use this gift or I've got to do this thing. And like, nope, I don't. You know, I have to do the things that are meaningful, important to me, the things that I feel passionate about. And the other one is learn, which in, in some ways is a little bit of a safe goal, but a challenging one for me. It's like spend a year just learning for the sake of learning versus like you're learning to get a degree or you're learning to accomplish this or that or get the certification or do those things, which those are all great and wonderful things. And I, I do aspire to some of those things, but it's also just like learn to learn like learn to grow and learn more about the world and like read things that you're interested in for no point, like write no papers, get no degrees, do none of those things. Nope. You're just going to learn. I, I like what you just did. I think that's a good thing that we could recommend is like have a defining word for the year. We talk a lot about core values and organizations and how those drive decision-making and your two words, which you clearly stated and then defined are now driving a lot of your decision-making for the year, which I think is like a great way to do that. We, my husband and I said, our word of the year is fun because we generally are those like hyper-driven, hyper-focused, no fun people, responsible human beings that are just like overly uptight about everything. So our, uh, our year, our year, this year, our word is fun. And we defined what that meant for us. And we built some cool goals around that word intentionally. And so I think that might be a, a way to do it and guide you without setting quote unquote, smart goals and forcing yourself into some things. So what you're kind of stating here is instead of, and Philip, I'll go back to you next here, but instead of setting goals for yourself, some very specific uh, goals, you're, you're setting almost like a set of values for yourself. Like this is the value or the theme of the year that's going to help you make decisions along the way, but it's, it's a little bit more free flowing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a business. Like I'm not a machine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a business as a human being. So I think there's like, for me, this distinction between like setting goals within your business or company of like, yeah, like we need to, we need to hit these specific metrics to like, keep, 
keep the ship running. Right. Versus like the goals I set for myself. Like, I think I've just made a big distinction between those two things in my life. And as I age of like the goals for me as a human being need to be more thematic um, versus like, you're going to accomplish these 15 to 20 hyper specific things. Cause I'm not a machine. I am imperfect. They're like, I can't, I can't achieve perfection. I can't do all of those things consistently all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's a little, it's interesting because we always talk about how do you impact culture of an organization? How do you impact leaders within an organization? How do you make them more people centric, which requires people to be empowered and aligned. So when you think about the word aligned, you think about you're all going towards something, towards some kind of a the location. We just, as a team, completed a strategic planning process. We haven't actually completed, com totally completed it yet because we got to dive into the financial part of it still. But uh, we're working towards like, what are our goals for next year? So we are setting those goals. And seven, like you said, it's a little bit different as a company versus individuals, but that company is all, I, that's also sp spreading out goals to us individually as we perform here. Is that a wrong thing? Is there a balance that we can find? Or are we saying don't do goals now? What are what are we saying? Yes, give up completely, become a potato, yeah. live on your couch, live the dream. No, <laughs> I mean, I think we're saying like, and everyone else can chime in, but like have goals, but like be realistic, be practical. And I think for me, the big one is understand why you would do that. Cause you could set any goal you want. Like I could set the goal to say, I'm going to be the president in four years. Like, but will that be fulfilling to me? Is that the lifestyle that I want? Is that a realistic and practical goal? Like, so think about like, why would we set that goal? Like, and I think that's when we hear from employees a lot is you hear from the CEO, well, we're going to grow. We're going to go, we're going to grow. We're going to grow as a company. We're going to expand into new markets. We're going to get more customers and clients and patients. And a lot of times we'll hear people, somebody at the back of the room, really kind of quietly asking the question, like, why would we grow? And so I think it's like, if you're setting goals for, for your business or for yourself, question the why, and is that like the business and the lifestyle that you want next year? Yeah. And if we're kind of equating it to business, I think a lot of businesses are also adaptable and flexible with those goals, right? There are times where there is a global pandemic and then the goals that you made in January no longer fit in April. So you make new goals. And I think we have to remember that it that's possible. That happens. If you are in the midst of everything and, and something changes in your life changes, be adaptable, be flexible, and give yourself grace to do those things, right? It's not all about purposefully always going after the same goals, even if there is something catastrophic or something changes or your why changes. And I think it's important to remember that those things are movable. It's a movable target. You know, this strikes me too, is uh, as we help organizations with, um, you know, we haven't done this. I haven't done this. I'm sure you guys have done this, but with individual development plans and then quarterly check-ins, and this is something that we help with organizations install, but then we have the annual performance evaluation, the annual performance evaluation. And we hear from organizations where a lot of people are going, <laughs> they're going, they're going, this is a, a rigid format, or I feel like the thing that they have done to me puts me in a box to where now I have to be super selective. And we have a version of this. And Diana, honestly, you might be able to talk better to this guy. I haven't seen it for a while, but I know we have a better version of this where it talks about, well, what was the quality of work? What was the quantity of work? Like, 
quit being so rigid with the specs that you're trying to throw out there and putting people in a box, but like, did they do good work? Did they do a good amount of good, of good work? Like you, sometimes organizations have a tendency to, to overthink that. And Stephanie, I like how you said, I am not a business myself. I am not an organization. And so maybe uh, part of this is, is the recognition for an organization to recognize, listen, it's, it's great to have your overarching goals. I, and I, and I, and I keep wanting to differentiate this. We're not saying don't plan to me, to me, this is there's a there's a line there between yeah we should make a plan right uh, but it's but the other side of that is I think people go into the setting the goals and and maybe even personally more so but uh, rigid the word rigid comes to mind because the the goal setting process is rigid we're not saying don't have a plan yeah we should probably plan right we should plan for this we should maybe plan for that um, but that's to me is different than the goal setting and sometimes organizations are setting their managers up for failure. Because they're they're creating a system or a process that's so rigid, like you didn't you didn't do this, you didn't hit this mark, well you failed. But again, the forest for the trees. They're, they're, the organization is not looking at all the other wonderful things that they that maybe that did happen, or the manager because of the system that they have in place can't look that way because you're forcing me to only look this way, and it's leaving a lot of meat on the bone, so to speak. Um, there and, and really kind of handcuffing their ability to be able to manage the team that you're trusting them to manage in the first place. And so again, not saying don't don't plan. We should plan, but when it comes to the rigid rigidity of the goal setting, I think you probably need to. Take Take a step back and maybe look at that uh, a little more holistically. I'm very excited. This is one of those inspirational puns. So first pun of 2024. But I think it's the idea of like, are you uh, goaling with the flow or flowing with the goal? But I think that's one piece that's different maybe between how the Herzog's goal plan versus uh, Diana and Jimmy. Um, we we probably are not, we don't hold it so tight, uh, just, just kind of the nature of how we do it. And I think to your point, Matt, too, there's a lot of different ways people can goal plan and goal set. And so if you're rigid about it, you probably are not going to have great success if you're trying to do it with a team. Um, but to the other end, too, if you if you don't check it along the way, if it's just something that only you know and nobody else knows, which is why we talk about strategic planning with partners um, and what Diana had said that is so poignant, which we're all agreeing with. If you can have your your goal for the year so specific that it's a word or a couple of words and you and your team have the big idea that you know what those words are, I think that'll just build in huge success, whether you're planning for you, whether you're planning for your household, whether it's a whole organization. Um, and I think that adds clarity and purpose. So whether you are the machine and the organization or just the person, you're like, hey, I know at least a little bit more which way we're going and what direction we're taking. Um, I think it's not an easy thing to do because, again, you, you start the year and the reason all these resolutions fall apart is because then life happens. Um, but to have a team around you where you're like, you know what, people want to build something, people want to be a part of something. Um, and I think that's the beauty of a goal. Like you, you're giving yourselves permission of all the options. We can go and create this thing we've chosen to go and do in that direction. And that's important. You know, let me add two more things here. Um, one of those comes from a, a, a conference talk that we give quite a bit, uh, but it's talking about creating this people-centric culture. And we go around the room and we ask people, how many of you work for the money? How many of you work for, so you don't disappoint people? You guys know this part. How many of you work? Uh, and the last one says inertia. How many of you work because of inertia? And only like a couple of people raise their hand. And Don likes to point out like, 
Okay, seriously, wait a second. Thanks for those two people for being for being honest. The rest of you really had business conversations with yourself this morning. Like, do I really want to continue to doing this uh, to do this with my life, right? Or am I just going because my calendar said I had to be here, or my calendar said I had to be there, right? And you you showed up at work. I like to tell everybody this. You showed up at work. <clears throat> you might not even know how you got there, right? But you arrived in the parking lot and you have yourself a good cry. Go inside, take on the day. That's what you do, right? That's what that's when we're working out of inertia. But I think if we're not having those regular check ins, kind of like what Philip was just talking about there. If we're not having those regular check-ins, then you're not having that conversation with yourself going, do I still want to do this? Is this still impactful to me? Is this still valuable if I hit this or not? Right. I mean, maybe one of the most impactful things you can say to yourself is I don't want to do that anymore. I would rather do this. I don't want to do that. I would rather do this. And some of us and Diana, I don't know if this is you or Stephanie might've been her, but, but I don't know if this is you can't peel yourself off of the goal because nope, you already said you're doing it and you're going to stick to it and be miserable, right? Maybe the best thing you could do is say, I don't want to do that anymore. Diana, does that, am I close yeah. on that at all? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm 100% the person who is like, I said it. So I have to do it. I spoke it. I told others I was going after this. And so now I must get there. Right. Yeah. It, at the detriment of everything else, I must get there. And I think in the past few years, I've realized that like, man, there are things, so many things outside my control. There's so many better ways to handle the upset and the disrupt. There's so many other things to just say that isn't important or that doesn't matter anymore or right. give yourself grace to say, no, I love Stephanie being like, my word is nope, because I feel like there are so many of us who are ingrained in this like hustle culture. I don't even know what to call it really. But I think that taking the time to have the space to do the things that aren't on your goals will help you grow more sometimes than yeah. forcing yourself to do the goals. But if you're a manager of a team, just recognize, recognize this. Your people want to help you win. Your people want to help you succeed. The more heavy handed you come down with goals or you will do this, they're probably going to work less hard for you. They're probably going to, you know, they, they want to work for you and they want to help you succeed. They want to do well. Everybody wants to wake up and do good at their job. Right. Um, and, and they're much more likely to do that if, if they understand that you value them as a person instead of just the person that's trying to hit that goal for them because they said that's what you needed to do. Um, in fact, if you ask them to set goals for themselves, they might even be more aggressive than the ones that you would give them if you weren't dictating them for them. Um, you know, and so just manage the person. Don't manage the number. Don't manage the, the thing. Manage the person. Um, and then that person will do their best to take care of you too. The other thing that I would say, and we can kind of move towards wrap up, but you know, Diana, this started with that whole thing that we typically do in January. There's a form that we, that we do. We've done it several times. Many people listening maybe have sat through a session like that. And we've just spent a lot of our time talking about the goals and the steps maybe to accomplish the goals and what's your process for doing that. And we've been kind of uh, talking about, but we haven't labeled it. And it's something else on that form. And I think we're all alluding to this, but there's a section on our form, which kind of makes our goal setting process a little different than others that you might have gone through. And it's called fuel. The fuel is what is it that drives you as a person to want to even continue to do the things that you said you wanted to do in the first place. And a lot of the things it sounds like that we have been talking about here, whether it was you know, whether, you know, me trying to make way to go see my son or uh, family time is important. Like ever to me, that that's what drives me. That's what drives me to want to succeed is my family. Um, and, and I think, you know, for each of us, they, maybe that's a little bit different, but for you as a person, I would encourage you, you got to find your fuel. What is that thing 
that drives you, that 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 refreshes you to maybe want to accomplish some of the things that you have in front of you in the first place. If you are only looking at those three objectives and they might, they might, you might look at them to a fault. Diana, he said something, I'm going to butcher it. So I'm not going to try it, but you said it earlier. Like you can either, they'll either work for you or they'll crush you. And however you said that, for some of you looking at those goals and it, it might just become overwhelming or you feel defeated midway through the year because you haven't accomplished them yet. And dang it, you should have, you know, and because you, you're just worried about that. I would encourage you to look at that fuel piece there as well to make sure that you are feeding your life and soul the things that it needs to be fed so you can accomplish those wonderful things that you want to accomplish and maybe have that business conversation with yourself. Is this still, is this still what drives me? Is this still what I want to do? You know, at the end of the day, I look at myself in the mirror. Am I still satisfied with the work that I'm doing and the, the person that I am and the stuff that I'm accomplishing? And I think that's I think that's impactful. So the, don't forget that fuel piece too. I don't know if you guys would add to that or not, but I love that. I've been recently saying that as companies use the term human resources, we're only looking at humans as resources. We've stopped looking at them as humans. And so I love that that Stephanie today said. I am not a machine, right? And so when we're part of a machine, it's important for the people who are leading that bigger machine to realize that these are humans. We are all human. We are all waking up and wanting to be good at our jobs and wanting to give our best, but some days we don't have the best to give. And so I think we have to remember that everyone needs fuel. Everyone needs grace. Everyone needs uh, moments of rest. And, um, we can't, we can't just drive a hundred percent of the time. This, this week when we had some time off, there was a group of old friends. We've known each other for years. We all live all over the country. Some are starting families, finishing doctorates, you know, all this stuff we're together. And it came up the, the atomic habits book. And it was hilarious because everyone had a thought and an opinion about atomic habits. And every time when someone was finished talking about it, we would say, have you read the book? Everyone out of 10 people who all talked about this book for like 15 minutes, everyone said, oh, no, I haven't read the book, though. I haven't read the book. No one had read the book because it's just out there. There's podcasters, all these things. Right. And it was funny. We all made the joke. Uh, that should be our next thing. We shall read this book together. And we won't. No one followed up with that. I would execute it, but they're not invested. I can tell. So I might read the book. I might not. But all that to say, it's this idea. What the main thing we're talking about, you know, is adding those small changes to this bigger thing you want to do, whatever it is. And Diana, you mentioned, and you're always so good to talk about human beings and how we treat them. Like, I, I think the easy things, and Matt, to your point, you can have profit goals, you can have growth goals. Um, I think like the people-centric approach too is just in the middle of all this um, our goals, are they helpful? Are they beneficial? Are they well thought out, strategic, all those things, but also in the middle of anything you do, uh, I think just like the kindness that can come, um, like leading well and being well in that, um, you can attach that to whatever your goal is, whether it's like the biggest thing personally or being a part of this big machine. Um, so for us, that's one thing too. I was like, oh, just like inject kindness, not which I think can be the idea of like progressive direction forward. Um, but to like help people be better, that can be a lot of different things. So kind of ooey gooey, but that's how I like it to end. Oh, I love that. Nobody, you know, at work, nobody's going to care about your job more than you care about your job at home. Nobody's going to care about your life more than you care about your life. Yeah. Right. Nobody's going to, nobody is going to, and not to say that they don't care. It's just, uh, they yeah. don't see it the way that you do it. And, and, and I say that for everybody, right? You, yeah. you care about the things that you care about. Nobody else can care about those things as much as you are going to care about that thing. And so you kind of have to look internally and say, are these the things that I want to hold on tight to? 
or these not the things I don't I don't want to hold on tight to. And so I I do I you know you said ooey gooey, but I also think it's kind of liberating and refreshing at the same time. Like you know at the I keep saying it, but at the end of the day, it's just it's just you. It's just you. Now you are a part of a team and at work, we have to, we have to also consider that. And I know everybody's doing their best for their team and they want to succeed. Um, but you know, do what it is that drives you to want to be awesome. Uh, that's what, that's what I'm encouraging you to do. So I think we'll wrap up there unless you guys, Diana, Philip, and just for the people behind the scenes, Don crashed. He's gone. Stephanie had another call. She's gone. We're down to three. I don't know if we should just keep going and just see who the last person standing is uh, right now. The longest podcast ever. It will be uh, me. I will be the last person. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we just talked about that. That's a that could oh, be a great. toxic no, trait. No, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll drop out 02 percent before <laughs> Diana does, but she will win. <laughs> right. Hey, it's good to be back. It's a, it is a new year, new us, new year, new you. Um, you know, 2024 is gonna be a great year. We're just gonna go ahead and speak that into existence right now. Uh, there in uh, 2024 is gonna be a great year. Whatever it is that you're, you know, that you are, whatever it is that you're doing, look for your fuel. Look inside yourself, have a conversation with, you, with yourself, be honest, man, and go do, go do uh, the thing that drives you to want to be awesome. That was, that is what I would encourage you to do. So we all love you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.